Welcome to Stream Shakespeare's first podcast. This is based on our inaugural round table, Shakespeare, Race and Performance, which was recorded initially via video conference on the 28th of June 2020 in Sydney, Australia. Stream Shakespeare is an online theatre and arts production company founded in Sydney during the COVID-19 pandemic to offer opportunities to theatre professionals who've been suffering from loss of work due to the current crisis. This roundtable features myself, Holly Champion, as Artistic Director of Stream Shakespeare, in conversation with artists and self-identified people of colour, actor and director Haki Pepper Olu Kristen, and actors Angie Gachimo and Gregory Diaz. This podcast was produced and directed by myself, with music by Josh Yenkin, aka JY, marketing and social media by Kiara Osborne, technical direction by Charlotte Wiltshire, founding technical direction by Aref Samadi, and editing and mastering by David Castle and Thomas G. Burt. In the virtual room with me today, we have uh, several wonderful artists of colour who are going to introduce themselves in just a moment. Um, and we're going to be discussing um, Shakespeare, race and performance. And this is the first of a series of roundtable discussions that we hope to be having on this topic and a few other related topics. So take it away, guys. Gregory. Hey, I'm Gregory Diaz. Uh... Uh, my parents are Sri Lankan, and uh, I was born and raised in Australia. I am, have been acting for the last 10 years, and uh, currently I'm studying for disability work. <laughs> and Haki? Ah, hi, uh, Haki Kristen. I'm, I'm American-born. I'm from Virginia. Uh, I moved to Australia about, about 13 and a half years ago. And all of my, I've been acting for five plus years and all of that experience has, has been here. I had one, one off way back in the day in the US. But so my experience with acting uh, and drama and a little bit of directing that too have all been here in Australia, which is a very different context from the US. So glad to be here. We're very happy to have you and Angie as well. Hi, I'm Angie and I'm Kenyan born. I've been here for like three years now and I pretty much started acting the moment I came here, like seriously acting. Um, yeah, so I could say most of my experience has been in Australia. And yeah, I'm currently studying education. So yeah. <laughs> and Angie and Haki have also been involved in a couple of our Stream Shakespeare shows. Haki um, the most, I would say. And Haki will actually be directing um, Titus Andronicus um for live stream on the 19th of july so we're all very excited to announce that and uh, he'll be talking about some of his ideas for that production a bit later on um angie was also in uh sunday sonnets directed by sam huff a, a couple of months ago yes. gregory has yet to be in one of our shows <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll have to talk, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, so what we thought we'd do was um, after we've got our general introductions out there, we thought we'd talk about um, some of the questions that were raised um, when we put a call out for questions. And after that, I really don't want to be too much in charge because I'm a white chick, this is not my field of expertise and you guys, your lived experience and what you've read and, and uh, understood as artists of colour is far more valuable for this conversation. So I really want this to be led by you guys as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so Kim Jones had a question um, that she put forward. So how do you guys feel about some of the racist references in Shakespeare's plays? For example, the term Ethiop being considered as an insult. And do you think they should be removed in productions of his work? Kaki, did you want to start it? Uh, okay, I'll start off. Um, 
Well, how do I feel about it is a bit more complex question, but I'll take the, so I'll take the second one first. Uh, no, I don't think they should be removed. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just from the standpoint of them being a, uh, in, in art history document, that, that, that needs to be there. I don't like, I don't like the idea of, of whitewashing our art um, so that so that it sort of sanitizes it from from the status that we had in our time, and I think I believe that of pretty much anything. Um, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you want to. Um, I, I think there are some times when it's appropriate to offer some context for something. Um, Shakespeare is wonderful in the sense that there's no one sitting there telling me telling you that you can't do any sort of presentation with it. So you can do all kinds of things with those insults. You can take those insults, turn them on their head and doing things. So there are all kinds of ways to, to, um, to be aware of the, 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 the impact that the words have or the situations have and twist and turn them to your advantage. And I think that's actually the key. And then getting into how I feel about it is you need to be aware of it. If you, if you do a production, um, and you, you know, and you don't have, and and you are you sort of treat it as if you do not have, uh, as if the as if the words don't have any weight and aren't going to mean anything and aren't going to be offensive to anybody. You just gloss over it like it's nothing. Then you do, then you really deprive the audience of a chance to be to have a cast a critical eye and and make a statement and say something that um, cheapens the work. But that's the idea: being aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to agree with Haki with the whole, I, I personally wouldn't, I think it's more dependent on how it's performed and like where the director takes it. But most of those things, most of Shakespeare work is history embedded and mm-hmm. you just try and people just trying to kind of just do or like, remove something as they please or stuff like that. Yes, is kind of whitewashing it and just just kind of telling people of color, like whatever you go through or whatever experiences you've gone through, through years and years is not important. So I personally wouldn't remove it, but I think it's also dependent on how the director takes it, how the performance is done, because that's also another case. Um, because I feel like if they end up somewhat giving the cast this vision of yes, why is superior, then that's another case. But yeah, I that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, I suppose it's a, a the very strong difference between presenting something and endorsing it. Oh, thank exactly. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I say that to myself so often, Holly, that I really, there is a, I'm not sure how much people who, to what extent people outside of the arts grasp that sometimes. It seems like there are a lot of people who, who, who <laughs> consider depiction endorsement. That, that seems to happen a lot. So I'm really yeah. glad. Hmm. Gregory, you, you've worked in, um, musical theater quite a lot and um you haven't you said that you haven't had a whole heap of experience with Shakespeare have you had experience with other sort of texts or or work from the past that has brought up these kind of issues for you um actually I haven't had a whole lot of experience in theater Uh, I'm more film commercial and um, I do role play work um uh, I'm trying to get into musical theater maybe that's what um I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, no, my so my theatre experience in terms of the the range of plays and things that I've had access to has been quite small. Uh, I was in a play called Marassad at the New Theatre, and I toured with a theatre show in 2015. Um, and last year, I was in a, a show called Curry Kings of Parramatta. Uh, so I wouldn't have the comparable experience to really give um a a good answer to your question i think um you've mostly um performed work that has been written in the last say 30 years 40 years yeah yeah except for murat Saad being an older play um 
but and that one was specifically done at the New Theatre with a, as any as diverse a cast as you can imagine, um, and it was uh, had a, a layer added to it where. Uh, so I'll just give you a quick breakdown. The play is uh, a bunch of uh, inmates at a mental asylum asylum are made to put on a play for the aristocracy. Um, so it's a play within a play. And then it was a play within a play within a play because the third layer was we were refugees then made to put on this Murad Saad play. And um, that was essentially um, what it was about. And the director was beautiful. He he just made, uh, Haki knows Leilani. Leilani played an uh, incredible, incredible role uh, in that play. And we had females playing male roles and vice versa. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess I didn't answer your question at all, did I? <laughs> no, that, but that's perfectly fine, really, because I, I, yeah. I would really love to talk about um, this this concept of, of colourblind casting and whether it really is a solution or whether it's just maybe adding to the problems or creating different problems um, or you know, how, what that means for you all as artists of colour and how, how you would like to engage in it, um, particularly for Haki as you're, as you're a director as well as an actor, um, and thinking about casting choices that you're making. Yeah. Um, can I just, before we jump ahead to that, can I just ask Angie and Greg, because it's real, I think it's close related to what we are just talking about. Yeah. Either of you all had experiences where you were cast in a part that where, where um, ethnicity was not really an essential part of the role, but then once you were cast in the part, you had to sort of, you felt like you and your castmates had to sort of adapt the part to bring in that aspect. Um, yes, <laughs> it's, it, it's, a sad, it's a sad reality, but most, most of my experiences has been that and it's it's either your point. It's either fight or flight. You, you just do it, or you try and like reason out, or like try and view out your opinion. But yeah. So it's it sounds like what you're saying though is it's been something that has been you didn't necessarily want to do it that way. It's been sort of thrust upon you. It doesn't sound like it's been a positive experience. Yeah, and also sometimes yeah, there are certain characters that definitely like. They don't have like any ethnic, well, yeah, ethnic background that they've specified. And once you get the role, you realize, oh, wait, all the character traits that they're kind of trying to portray is somewhat pretty much what people put upon my race. Or so uh -huh. that's, yeah, uh -huh. so it's not you start questioning as to why they gave you that role. And yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot, but I think if you have, I think it depends with the show. I've, I tend to view my opinion. Um, sometimes the director lashes out or threatens to take away the role from you, which is by all means fine. Um, but sometimes they do, people do realize that they actually didn't do that on purpose. and try and meet you halfway because mm. they don't want you yeah. to feel uncomfortable. So yeah, right. yeah. yeah, it depends on the people that you work with, I guess. So, sure. yeah. Have you worked I with would... directors of color where that's happened? Directors of, no, no. I think they're more racially conscious and wouldn't want you to feel as if, um, your experiences or how the arts view people of color to be just like something to put under the carpet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so far, if I work with a director who's, well, a person of color, I'd say that, mm -hmm. I find it to be more enjoyable and more having more experience Experience in terms of who I am and knowing my identity in the arts industry compared to other type of directors, I guess. Mm. But I mainly major in music theater, which is somewhat different to, you know, art like normal theater or film per se. So yeah. Mm. 
Well, Shakespeare's not really um, normal when it comes to cinema, I suppose. Um, it, it's very much the can, like it's like this superlative canon in um, theatre, I guess, but it's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. but people also do have to realise that with such, a, it's not meant to be taken as, it's, you're meant to grow in, as much as there's all this history and all these artworks that started like in the 15th century and all that, like art reforms and grows. So I think, yeah, once people have that mindset, we still learn from what happened. That's what we have to do, learn from history and build a better future pretty much. And I feel like that's how art should take its vision. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested, Gregory, when you did Marat Saad, that, that there was this extra framing device um, of the refugees putting on this show. Did you, did you feel that, that that was a way that the director found a kind of avenue into casting a diverse cast? Uh, I honestly don't think so based on what I've seen from the new theatre, um, they say, I think they're quite a wonderful theatre for um, that gives such creative freedom to their directors um, to uh, put their creative vision out there. Uh, just so you know, the, the director of this play was a white um, South African man, sixty-five-year-old uh, white South African man, uh, extreme, extreme left, left, lefty, like you know total lefty, um, he's, he marched with civil rights um, in South Africa. Um, I, he really did just um, cast the roles as wide as he could and just chose the best people for the job. Like he really just chose whoever was the best for the job. Um, and that's again why Leilani, for example, got this major role in it. Um, the woman who played Mara um, um, uh, was, um, which is a, lead role, it's a male role, it's a very, you know, um, yeah, specifically, a specific type of role. Um, the woman who played it, she was just spectacular at playing that role and she got it, you know. Um, so I think it was just him having a wide vision and um, I think if I remember correctly, because um, I came in very, very late to the production on the recommendation of my friend, um, and it just so happened that more diverse people started to fall into the cast and I think it started to morph the vision a bit. Um, and I think at the time that we, the play was on, there was some real big stuff going on in the news about, uh, were they closing down Nauru? They were, they were closing down one of the detention centers and um, we wanted to bring light to that. So um, yeah, I, I feel like that play to me was just a victory of artistic uh, integrity and vision more than anything. I don't think it had, yeah, I think it was uh, the, the pinnacle of what I would uh, dream that all art could be like in Australia. I, I guess the, the question for me as a, uh, an actor and even more as a director is I, I, I wonder how to navigate this um, tension between the idea of colorblind casting for merit um, for pure merit and colour conscious casting for directorial intent and to uncover aspects of maybe the text that are racially motivated, you know, are, are possibly very racist as a lot of the, a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of old classic texts are um, and how to, how to navigate that kind of world. Like do, do you make this choice purely on merit and you ignore the racial element or is that perhaps um, whitewashing you know is, is is that kind of ignoring the experience of the that actor and the the overtones and the ideas that that casting will will inevitably bring up does that make sense yeah um well someone else want to go on at this one first <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
No. That's that's a, that's a tough question. I want to. I, I kind of want to stew on it because I do have answers, but I would like to let let it stew a bit. It's 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 such a co- a complex topic. I I think I would caution against any sort of idea that there is an absolute easy answer to it. Mm. When you're directing, obviously, you need a vision for the entire show. I mean that that's something that's been um, sort of ever that actually was sort of pounded home for me long before I ever even really seriously thought about directing. That that's your job. You shouldn't be sitting there sort of wondering what you're looking for. You have to be looking for something. And your casting decisions are part of that. Now, I, I really, to me, the term colorblind laugh, casting is, is laughable. It's a joke. It doesn't exist. I, I, I could tell you, I sent to you a message the other day that like, there, there's no more colorblind casting than like you wouldn't notice someone who walked in with one leg. It's just, it's a very obvious thing that you see. So you, you, you need to, to be aware of it, understand exactly what you're trying to do, to do with your show and cast for that reason. I, get, I become very uncomfortable at the idea of people saying of, like, of, of, of merit apart from any sort of demographic uh, you know, qualification, you know, it, it starts to get into towards the territory where people deny that they see those differences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that, and that's, we, we know, of course, we know that none of that's true. So like for, but I mean, you can, you can look at some things in a general sense and say, and have guidelines. For example, if you're doing a historical um, play or to, to make it relate more specifically to Shakespeare, if you're doing an Othello, and you, you, you really need to cast a black actor as Othello, unless you have an incredibly good reason for not doing so. For example, if you're gonna flip it and make Othello white and, and all the other characters in the play are black, that kind of thing. Um, you cannot just sort of idly take erase the ethnicity of that character without greatly changing the meaning of the work. So you can't just, that's not a role where you can just sort of pretend that it doesn't matter, you know? But if you, but say for example, if you want, but but say for example, if you're taking a part um, like, okay, so like Cassio in that play, or in, also in that play, um, like I believe, I'm, I'm certain of it, yet yeah, there was a production uh, at the Globe last year, year before last, or something like that, where Cassio was played by a Black actor as well. And that also changes the dynamics of things. Race is such a core part of that show that you really need to know, be aware of what you're doing with anything that you cast in that show. Whereas, for example, if you're doing, uh, I, played a, I, I played Theseus and Oberon in Midsummer Night's Dream, and it's largely irrelevant. Um, we, you know, but, you know, and I was at Titania and Oberon, uh, you know, it was played by a white Australian actress, and that was largely irrelevant. But in the, that's what we were doing. We had no interest in making it relevant. But if you wanted to do that, you could cast that, particularly in, 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 the, in the context of like the United States. One of the things I've often said about that when uh, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream experience was it was liberating to play that role opposite a white Australian actress in Australia, because if it were done in the United States, people still pay a whole lot more attention to it being an interracial relationship. And you would have felt like you needed to address that somehow within the play. Whereas here in Australia, um, for that particular, Australia's got its problems for sure, but for that particular aspect of things, not as much focus on it being an interracial relationship so we could do the show and not feel like we had to address it. If I did that show in the US and played it opposite a white actress, I would feel like we needed to address it somehow. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. that you, you have to alter the entire play, but you mm-hmm. need to find a way to make it because audiences are going to really notice it. So it matters, the context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this one story. I had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine who's a, an actor of color recently and he was saying that he had had this experience where um it 
it was clear that it wasn't being done on merit and it was wasn't people weren't being cast in Australian commercials on merit because he was sent to a casting of um for the buddy role like the the friend role and it was a very very ethnically diverse audition um, group people trying out for the part and then he was accidentally also sent to the audition for the lead role and he realized that it was an accident because everyone there was blonde blue-eyed white-skinned and kind of like the Hemsworths <laughs> and, and this this role this lead role was going to be paying you know probably twice as much as the buddy role and so they they made a show at the time of saying oh yes yes please audition do the reading but he he kind of knew he was never going to get that role and it was an accident that he, he had been even asked to audition and I thought that 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 kind of tokenism is still rife in Australia and all over the world that people will cast do a diversity casting just for the minor roles you know but not in really key roles and avoid and kind of avoid sometimes avoid dealing with the questions that casting um, um ethnic ethnically um ambiguous or biracial or artists of color in a lead role the questions that though that might raise perhaps anyway i yeah. thought that was that was a really telling story it was just worth worth telling everyone here today <laughs> right. quite interesting you say that because i got um an audition for yes it was the lead role but it was a bit well i found it a bit funny at the fact that the lead role was meant to be kind of primitive like throwing spears and yeah that was that was the re in all reality that was the lead role when i compared it to the other auditions where it was more other people like white people auditioning and it was more like advanced like oh sitting at a desk tech work kind of <laughs> kind of scenario so it was it was interesting seeing how yes it's a lead role but at the same time what are you portraying us mm -hmm. as right. yeah. Yeah. So. yeah definitely i think there are really sort of slots in people's minds one of the things that you hear or at least i've heard and gray and angie you guys tell me if you've heard this i've heard folks that i've met someone like i met a couple of folks on, on a set like a you know simple shoot or whatever uh, and they said, well, you know, you know, you've got an advantage. I said, well, what's that? Oh, well, there's some, there's some parts that they're just where they're just looking for you. And I just sort of, you, you guys, you all know what I'm talking about. And you just you want to say, well, yes, that's true. There is the odd job where they're particularly looking for someone of a particular ethnicity or a dark skin color or whatever. Do you not realize that the default ninety nine percent of the time when they don't mention they, that, yeah, is because that's what they picture. And I, I want to say that is, I think, part of the nature of, of of humans is that we tend to see ourselves in our stories, uh, whatever we whatever our background and everything. So when creative people sit down and they come up with a story, subconsciously or consciously or whatever, they end up being the hero of it. That's kind of the way humans work. So one of the things, and for that reason, one of the things that I've always really championed is putting people in positions to make decisions as opposed to saying, uh, we, you know, having a script that someone brings in and says, right, okay, add three people of color to it or, or whatever um, i think that comes up that i think that produces really atrocious and sometimes insulting and offensive art i mean i realize it's an industry and people need jobs but it just it can be really really awful sometimes when you things that way so representation and creative jobs i think is really important and that's how you get good diverse art in my opinion yeah so given that you're going to be in a position of decision-making power with Titus Andronicus, um, have you have you got any ideas about um, 
obviously not mentioning any names, um, <laughs> but well, you can if you want to. Um, any ideas about how you might approach casting that? Because it, it's it's a very interesting play from uh, a race sort of and performance standpoint, uh, given it has such a, a key role for a more character. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, yeah. Um, Aaron, uh, one of the very first um, characters that Shakespeare wrote that where ethnicity was very specifically an aspect of the character. And um, it, it doesn't beat around the bush. Uh, Aaron's ethnicity as a more is a huge part of that role. Um, someone, uh, one of the, um, the podcasts that you linked to the other day where they were discussing that, among other things, race and Shakespeare, it's related, and someone mentioned that that was the first Black power speech. Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say <laughs> uh, Shakespeare wrote the first Black power speech. That's a bit uh, confronting. But, um, but he, he does have a character there who very proudly says, I mean, essentially he says the 1600s version of Black is beautiful. And you certainly don't hear that a lot in Shakespeare. So, um, but at the same time, Aaron also brings in a lot of questions about what exactly his motivations are. I mean, a lot of things that he says is basically like, I love being evil. I wish I could do more evil. My only regret is you're putting me here to death is that I don't have a thousand more evil things I can do to you. So, and, and the, play, the play doesn't spend a whole lot of time explaining that. So I think in the, I don't want to give too much away. Um, I do have some, some really strong ideas about what I want to do with it, but I, um, in the context of everything that's going on around the world and, and in the United States with Black Lives Matter and everything right now, um, I want to, I want, I want to put Aaron's character and the way that he sort of very proudly stands up and expresses, uh, you know, the black as a part of his identity. I want to make that a part of the character. And so casting will be, um, a big part of that. Um, so now the other thing about that, and this is kind of gets back to what I was saying with Othello earlier, if you're doing that and you've got a character like that, who, who, who's, his, his character is a big aspect of the show, but the show, is, the show itself is not about race relations. You could try to make it that way, but that's not, I'm not going full on in that approach. What winds up being interesting then after that is if you, if you cast characters opposite that, you need to be aware of that dynamic um, because he's going to be very much involved in that that means the characters you put next to him have to be have to relate to him that way and i think that i'm going to spend a lot of time looking at how he and uh tomorrow relate to each other um that's that's going to be a significant aspect of it um so um i don't i have not put in my head specific people that i want to play those particular roles um i i don't i don't particularly like to do that when you've got um <laughs> Competitive casting, but um, but I certainly have ideas about about what I want, and it's going to be relevant to um, it's rel relevant to current affairs. Mm. Yep. That's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Angie and Greg, have you, have you ever <laughs> been uh, directed shows yourselves, been or been interested in directing? <laughs> Well, not, not really. I, I don't think I have the skills to <laughs> be a director, but yeah. <laughs> Writing probably, directing, yeah. Just not a hat I would per se have, <laughs> but yeah. Is there uh, a you feel strongly enough about with that, Angie, where that might, your, your mind might change about that, something you have a strong enough vision about that you'd want to say, I want to make that happen? Um, I haven't, well, not at the top of my head, <laughs> okay. but yeah. Um, no, not at the top of my head, let's say. But all I can add in terms of like, directing and all that it's the fact that all i know is if you can't if you can't justify the reason why someone is in a role just don't do it 
<laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't justify as to why you gave this person this role or and how that affects the whole dynamic in the cast and the storyline, just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and Gregory, have you have you ever been in a position where you have had a some kind of decision making power um in an artistic context? Um actually yes. Um funny enough, I go back to Maratsad again. Uh that director was I've never worked with anyone like that. Uh with his many, many years of acting and directing experience. Um, he, I've never seen someone so open to every suggestion from the cast. The entire cast of, was it 25 in the cast, had all had to say and input into. And he was always open and willing to listen and take things on board. Um, there was that and the last play I was in, again, this incredible director from the UK, um, she's, she's a powerhouse. Um, but she had some openness and she actually encouraged me to direct and take over some directing roles in the play. And I was like, no, I've seen what you do. It's way like I, I admire directors. I really do. You have so much to juggle. You, it's not like you just cast and put on the play. You're working, you know, what is it? They say you work six months before the production all the way through. And then six months after you're working yeah. on production, the production, you know? Yeah. Um, so for that reason, that, that's more the reason I would, um, I'm not so interested in directing. Um, I love working with actors. I love moving them around. I love the play of that, but I love performing way too much. And I could not handle all the, you guys have to talk to everybody. Like you have to deal with everything. <laughs> so you have to know where to put things. I'm like, how, how is my director currently setting? How can you see what the stage is going to look like? I don't get it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of have to have all the answers then yeah. no, no, you don't you just have to cast really well and then the actors give you lots of answers <laughs> do everything oh well, look, one thing one thing i, I just remembered i i was to say it's um I, I i think it's important to talk about um casting really specifically um, and this is, goes against me not not being, you know, just rejecting this this fallacy of colorblind casting. Like if you're casting, um, uh, well, any role, but I'll come back to Othello just because I've got an anecdote for that one. Brown skin doesn't mean black actor. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, but that yeah, I mean that that that's a big that's a big aspect of it. So oh, and and also black means different things. But something completely different here in Australia than it does in the United States. So if you're really looking to get people whose experiences are keyed into that particular ethnicity for the part, you need to take care to see that that you're actually doing that, and that and that can be a real challenge here. It's one thing that that that's happened a lot in my time on the stage here is is. Um, like fitting into contexts for when we're doing American plays here in Australia it happens a lot. I get approached to do American plays a lot and I've had some really good experiences doing them, but it is a challenge lots of times um, because, uh, you know, you've got people who may be Australian, someone they looking to cast somebody and cast somebody with an Aboriginal background to play an African-American. Well, that's a completely mm -hmm. different cultural context and vice versa. Yeah. The same is true. Um, so you uh, you really just need to be sort of specific about where you look for and recognize that there are there are real differences um, and take those into account. That's yeah. Really yeah, I, I, there was an experience like that with a famous um, theatre company here that put on a play about Sri Lankans, <laughs> and um, I, I think it was one of those few times where I was absolutely livid when I found out many months later because somebody who was being cast said, hey, how come you didn't audition for this? And I'm like, I never heard about it. And uh, they had put all the all their publicity and media was talking about how they searched far and wide to find the perfect yeah. actors. Um, and they ended up casting all people with the same colored skin um, for the roles. But um, 
and it is true like Sri Lanka specifically is very rare um even Indian is not very easy to find in Australia um in the acting realm there's not a whole lot uh they did cast somebody who was of indigenous background um in one of the roles and they actually went overseas to get some actors to play it and some non-Sri Lankans to play some of the roles and the reason I was so upset was because a I knew one of the AD I knew the AD um and I was surprised that she didn't reach out to me um and b they said that they searched far and wide but if they had just done a show cast search uh I would have popped up I definitely would have popped up and I never got a call or an audition Mm. um and here's where I get I'm interested to hear you guys and what you have to say. This is where I get conflicted because, all right, Angie, if you got, if you got, if you two got cast in those roles in that Sri Lankan play, I'd be conflicted because I'm like, yeah, but I like knowing that um, people of a different ethnicity are getting jobs because they're so rare. So when I saw, for example, an Indian person or um, I think someone was Malaysian and someone else was Indigenous, I was like, ah, but I want them to have work too, you know? So. Yeah. I'm not angry at them at all, but at the same time, you know, a part of you gets hurt saying, um, hi guys, could you have at least seen me for the role? Could you Cause I was on the right channels. I was, I was absolutely on all the right channels. And I did actually go into the theater company just to speak to the directors. And I re- just saying, are there any roles left? And they couldn't leave the room fast enough and saying, oh yeah, well, we put everything online and we did everything that we had to do. And, um, it almost felt like I was talking to politicians who, give that stock yeah. line um it was one of my most yeah I, I still kind of get a bit worked up about it but because I try really hard to let's see what's the other person's perspective like yeah it is hard to cast and everything but when I sat with it I'm like no this is really wrong this is so annoying um mm. and clearly they didn't really do the the search they had it was just the story that they put in to make it look good um so I'm curious how would you guys feel if um so Angie, if it was uh, a play about, because you said you were from Kenya, yeah. uh, you know, people from Kenya, and you never even got a call for the audition and you've got your profiles and everything up to date, like, and then you saw somebody who was, say, Sri Lankan or Indian background cast in those roles because they just, they found the best talent and they, it was so hard to find Kenyan people. Would would that not, you know, doesn't that set a bit of a yeah, fire in you? It, it yeah. would upset me, but yeah, it's... <sighs> as as Haki said like it's there's no like black or white answers because yeah like yeah it's like yeah it's upsetting but at the same time you're trying to be supportive with people who are in the same boat per se but yeah yeah it's uh I think yes well I think at the same time you can I feel like you can be happy for someone Mm. but while still feel like your emotions and your your emotions are validated despite if someone else is doing great if that makes sense so i feel yeah. like you shouldn't you shouldn't like beat yourself up by feeling bad that you're feeling bad about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i'm trying to say yeah but mm. yeah i would definitely i would definitely feel upset considering the fact that i was out there willing to audition or at least get an opp- opportunity to show them what i can do and yeah. because some I don't know. Yeah. Well, particularly, if I think. They, go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. So where I go with casting and things, this is a line that I've used and my friends have used. We're not saying just give us roles or whatever because you should have more people of color or something. That's yeah. even though we'd love that. We're saying can I've always said I just can I please have the opportunity to be in the room um, if it's if it doesn't specifically need to be a certain ethnicity, if it can be just a, a male from this age group, group to this age group, and uh, it's not going to significantly change, um, you know, the vision of the play or what's necessary, I want to be able to go into those roles. Because I have many friends um, of Anglo background who will go for many castings that don't need a specific ethnicity and they go from that age range. Um, that's what many of my friends say. We just want a chance to be in the room, really, and just to know that at least that we have an equal opportunity, you know? 
to get work. And we're not somebody, unfortunately, a friend of mine who had cast me in a role um, when we were talking about race and diverse casting. And I was mentioning this specific fact. And this guy, I don't know, it blew my mind. It really upset me. Um, he came and he said, yeah, yeah, this whole diversity thing, you know, it's taking jobs away from people because like you got a job that someone else was supposed to get. And I was, I was like, whoa, he's like, yeah, yeah. There was someone else I wanted in the role, but the client, they wanted, you know, you because they wanted more diversity. And it whacked me so hard at the time to hear him say that I had taken jobs away from other people. Um, yeah. And um, I, I honestly, I didn't know how to feel about it. Um, uh, I think that's victim uh, blaming. Yeah, well, we had this conversation, Holly and I, because we we work in an industry, if we were all in advertising, it wouldn't matter what we look like. Um, but, uh, or sorry, say banking, right? But because we're actors, um, we're saying, Holly, like there's some roles where you need the guys to be six foot five. And if I go in for that role, I'm not going to be right for that vision. So it's an industry where um, jobs are do depend on a look for the aesthetic or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And as you, you guys have brought that up. So it's so, um, when he said that about, I had taken the job away from someone, I thought, but what if they decided there was a blonde and a brunette and they just decided to go for the brunette because they liked using a brunette and each person was equal. How, you know, when he took it as, yeah, just because of ethnicity, you got the job. It had nothing to do with my skill or anything. It, yeah, that's what really, really hurt because I thought, you know, it does when there are usually when there are equal um, talents, um, people will go for some sort of distinguishing factor. Um, and I like to know that, you know, it was my ability to perform in the role that got me the role. Um, and yeah, maybe they wanted a bit more, a different look, but maybe that was just their choice at the end when they decided they were too good act, you know? Yeah. Uh, but what what that guy said was it's a it's a it's a deliberately oblivious mindset or kind of a willful ignorance that maintains the status quo. I mean, if you you know if you're talking about oh well you know you took a job away from someone else and I crack open you know ad books and I see one thousand you know performers white performers and they're like five. Uh, black performers in there get a job. Like, who, how how did those five black performers take away, you know, yeah. from anyone else? Um, so it's, a, I mean, that's just really just sort of it's willful ignorance. Right? It's a it's a it's a lack of understanding. One of the things that's come up here in the last few minutes of the, con the conversation, I think, it sort of points up the tension between. Um, the desire for artistic integrity or expression and industry realities, jobs, you know, people on jobs, that, 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 that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big thing that we, we run into. I remember this is apart from the, the subject of race a little bit, but I think it directly relates, relates to what we're talking about here. When Pop-Up Globe was here, um, they had two companies. They had one mixed gender company and they had one company that was all male. And like, while I really appreciate it from the standpoint of someone who's kind of into Shakespeare, the idea of doing it all male too, because that's what they were doing back in the day. I mean, you're trying to give an Elizabethan presentation. I didn't want to support this, but I didn't want to give my money to those plays because I felt like there are working actresses who should have those roles. So I only went to see the, um, the mixed uh, gender company. So it's a that's that's a balancing act, and I don't think the answer always ends up being the same. So that's that's a tough one. That's an issue mm -hmm. that I, I would really like if we do have a another roundtable where we talk about uh, women in in this kind of topic. I think it would be really interesting to discuss that whole idea of you know historically informed performance and whether whether we should be sacrificing some women having jobs for the sake of of having an all-male cast to explore that historical element of performance and and whether that is whether maybe that is is treading that that line into endorsement instead of just presentation well artistically it's about how you do it but then you I mean if you're when you get into commerce you know other issues come up you could certainly do an all 
male thing. You could do an all male thing and do a complete comment on the horrors of sexism. You could do it that way. You actually, would actually lend it to itself that way. But but you've still, if it's professional, you've taken jobs away from, from women. And there are only so many of those, especially for the stage. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I was just, you know, you've obviously, Holly, you've heard of She Shakespeare in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, this is again where it's, it's so if, the, I think the reason She Shakespeare worked for me is because traditionally what we're talking about is that women are missing out on roles you know uh, women haven't had the chance to play all these amazing roles so they're getting the opportunity to show what they can do and play all these roles and then you do have a small or extreme kind of right or offended or some uh, you know defensive group that goes oh well look at that that's discrimination um you know that you're, you're discriminating against men in this example um and I try to say in that instance, the difference here is that the, the women were never, this group is the women in this particular instance, were never in a position where they had tons of work and they're now excluding you more. They're more just giving themselves an opportunity to, to do this. So it's a minority um, just, you know, uh, creating a special circumstance where they get to have fun and, do all the stuff that they would deny. Um, and um, I had a point in what I was going to say, um, but like, for example, I think where it gets a bit tricky where like, say, uh, Haki, you're talking about the all male troupe. Um, the way I see why that's difficult is because yet yeah, traditionally men did get all of the roles and there was a time when women couldn't perform at all, um, which is why that uh, is different to having say an all black cast or an all female cast as something special I, I i think that it it i probably will get in trouble for saying this but um i think that it has some some correlation to this idea that um blackface and brownface and yellowface is no longer acceptable you know because uh -huh. it is uh -huh. white people who are in a position of structural privilege yeah. taking jobs Firstly, taking jobs away from people who are in a position of structural oppression, and yeah, secondly, yeah. taking over their their representation and their voice as well as their job. It's a double. Yeah. It's it's all it's just awful in, in every way because it it uh, it, it, it from commerce it, it takes away jobs, but it plays into the most grotesque caricatures and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. That leads into that. I mean, that deliberately leads into situations where you go into a room audition or something or whatever, and uh, someone's there. You go in as a person of color. You sit there. Everyone there is casting is 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 white. They or, or is even just a different ethnicity from yours. Not not same. And and they've got a caricature in their mind of what. You know, uh, you know, a, a black person, a Sri Lankan person, or, or someone from Kenya is is supposed to be like all of those stereotypes that we that we all of us get bombarded with our entire lives. That feeds into that whole idea that this is what uh, X person, a black person, is supposed to be like. So you wind up you they, they don't they're not seeing on some level they're not seeing you as an individual and they're they're not. The parts that you have as an individual thing—they're looking to to fill this stereotype—and if you veer away from that, it it actually it it hurts you in your casting. So then you've got a decision to make: Well, am I going to lean into that because I want a job, or do I stand up and mm -hmm. sort of express myself as a person? And that's a choice yeah. that none of us want to be making. Yeah, especially when work is so scarce for everybody. Everyone, it's really scarce, and yeah, it's yeah. hard to take a stand when you can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> that says it right there, Greg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I I think we we'll probably bring it to a close in in a short while because I think that um, while you guys have said really awesome stuff, um, we need to try and make this a sustainable 
thing that we can keep doing um, roundtable discussions fairly frequently. Um, so um, if it's okay with you, if you've got any other things that you wanted to say before we wrap it up, um, that, that's fine, but otherwise we'll, we'll give it a tie up there. Just one small thing I'd like to say. Um, the diversity, and Holly and I talked about this before, but diversity is, a, it's an active thing. It, it, it's, um, it's not called, like people say, love is a verb. Well, diversity is a verb. Um, <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just tick a box and say, okay, we tried or we did this. It's got to be an objective for, for any company, just like getting butts on seats is an objective for a company. It's, it's got to be part of what you want to do and it needs to be active. That's it. Yeah, and, and don't like kind of shun you out from trying to do that. I think that's one of the major thing because people find a way to just everyone wants to be comfortable. I I understand that, but any sense of discomfort just shuns people from trying to do what's better for everyone. So yeah, sometimes discomfort is actually a better way forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i mean i've i've felt discomfort through this whole process but i recognize that that is partly a product of my privilege <laughs> um and it's it's something that it's no longer in any way an acceptable excuse to avoid these these difficult and interesting but challenging conversations simply because especially if you're a white person you feel uncomfortable that's just not okay like you have to move past that i i feel yeah. so i really i really would love to have you guys back again um at some point if happy you time. yeah happy to do it and <laughs> some other people as well and and talk about this issue again and also other issues um that are associated with diversity and performance and shakespeare <laughs> Yeah. Gregory, did you have any other final comments you wanted to make? Um, I was going to say, you know, it's interesting. We call it diverse casting um, or we're talking about diversity. The, the fact of the matter is uh, we are one of the most, um, and I think potentially uh, we are the most per capita uh, multiculturally diverse countries on earth. Mm. Um, so yeah. what we do see on TV um, or wherever, it doesn't actually even reflect what Australia is. So when I've gone overseas, people are surprised to hear that I'm Australian and they think that Australia is a certain way. Um, so we're not even trying to change, we're, we're not changing what's real, we're changing what's the false image put out there because man, I grew up with so many different, different ethnicities around me. I have so many different friends of different ethnicities all born in this country. Um, all with this strong, thick Aussie accent too and Aussie values and cultural, you know, um, way of being. And um, I, I think what we're really pushing for is this uh, accurate representation of what Australia is. Like this, this screen in front of us is real Australia, you know. We're not trying to make something weird or different. We're trying to show what's real. And that's what the arts is so brilliant at, um, bringing that to the public consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really think it, it's a very, it's it would be really great to be able to show that more with Shakespeare productions because mm -hmm. Shakespeare is often considered to be sort of whitey white white, you know. It's and it's got so much cultural baggage attached to it, and I I really hope that we can do better at stream Shakespeare moving forward into the future with our um our casting and our directorial roles as well and i'm very much looking forward taki to what you come up with with titus and yeah, yeah i'm interested to see what i come up with too <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll leave it there thank you so much guys i really appreciate it thank you. insights are fantastic Thanks, really interesting
been listening to a streamed Shakespeare podcast titled Round Table, Shakespeare, Race and Performance, which was recorded on the 28th of June, 2020. This podcast featured myself, Holly Champion, Haki Pepoolu Kristen, Angie Gachamu and Gregory Diaz, and was produced and directed by myself with music by Josh Yankin, aka JY, marketing and social media by Kiara Osborne, technical direction by Charlotte Wiltshire, founding technical direction by Araf Samadi, and editing and mastering by David Castle and Thomas G. Burt. For more information or to see some of our innovative online staged readings of Shakespeare's plays, or to support our work during the COVID-19 performing arts crisis, please see www.streamshakespeare.com.